What's cracking, everybody? Happy Wednesday, 5-5-21, Cinco de Mayo, baby. Uh, 5-11 p.m. out here in my room, Parker, Illinois. Uh, let's get into the action today. I mean, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty wild day, I would say. I mean, the rate market, uh, these real yields, man, crazy, crazy things going on there. Uh, ah, crap, I have the uh, 2020 of real yields pulled up, so I'm going to go back to 2021 here. Um, yeah, and then we got some crazy news with the federal... Uh, national eviction ban is uh, actually got overturned today, and I was stoked to hear that. Um, Going to cause some interesting moves in the housing market, that's for sure. Uh, some economic data, some more slowing in the mortgage market, uh, which is interesting. And then we could talk about Archegos, some uh, demographic action that we'll get in today's uh, trading, what I'm looking for for the next couple days. But before we do that, got to get into the disclaimer. So I'm a student. I love the markets. These are my views. I'm not buying or selling investments. This is not financial advice. I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, you know, every investment is subject to potential risk, potential profit, potential loss. You know, do your homework before you invest. Unless if you don't want to do your homework, you know, literally just... Throw it, all in, throw it all in a Dogecoin as a joke. It's not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. So let's get into the day. What happened? What happened today with the market? Well, Dow Jones finished up 29 bips. S&P up 7 bips. Uh, the NASDAQ, I'm pretty sure, was uh, up. I'm pretty sure it was up the most out of everything. But let me check here. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. The NASDAQ, the NASDAQ was in the red, down 37 bips. Russell 2K down 31 basis points. The emerging markets were, well, um, as I look for the emerging markets, I can tell you that there is some selling going on into the close. And after this whole uh, national eviction ban was lifted, the market never went higher. And I'm talking on the S&P 500 specifically. Um, I cannot seem to find the emerging market here. The dollar index was pretty flat on the day, down four basis points. So I'm going to assume emerging markets are relatively flat. Um, but I, I can't find the EEM on my phone right now. Okay, emerging markets up 47 bips. There you go. Yeah, pretty flat on the day. Chart pretty much mirrors the dollar. But, you know, before I go into all the stocks, all this, all this news, I want to talk about the economy. And so where do we go for that? We go to the real rates and we go to the interest rates. So I'm going to give you the, you know, intraday chart on the uh on the 10-year yield let me give you the intraday chart on the 30 and 5 and then we'll go look at the feds you know the fed stops and their uh the daily rates i think it's around like 3 15 p.m every day let's see well i know i know it's around 3 15 p.m so that's why these the percentages i'm gonna give you right now are a little different but the 10-year down 50 basis points opened at one spot six closed at one spot five um, we go look at the 30 year here. 30 year was, um, down 31 basis points and the five years down 2.19%. So 30 year, we were at two spot two seven, close at two spot two five, five year opened up at 0.82 spot eight two, close at spot eight three, uh, sorry, spot eight Oh. Um, so, you know, yields, every, all the yields down on the day again, yields down, taking a cooling off, you know, shorter end down a lot more. Interesting. Interesting, 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 interesting here. Okay, um, today we reverse repoed 163 bill of uh, treasuries. Okay, uh, with 29 counterparties going up from yesterday. Yesterday, 147 bill. You know, the Fed is trying slowly behind the scenes, trying to tighten conditions, but there's just so much demand for dollars short term. 
um, that uh, it's not really working. The one-month bill uh, stayed at one basis point. Two-month stayed at one basis point. Three-month stayed at two basis points. But you go look at the, and these are all in nominal yield, uh, you know, the yield right now. And there's not real rates. Going and looking at the 30-year uh, real uh, nominal, uh, where it's two spot two seven, which is two spot two five down two basis points. Ten twenty year down two spot one six, two pot, spot one four down two basis points. Ten year down two basis points, one spot six one to one spot five nine er. Uh, looking at the seven year, I believe. Yep, seven year is down. Oh, damn. Uh, seven years down wah, three basis points from one spot two eight to one spot two five. Five year down from spot eight to spot eight zero, oh, and you know everything else is relatively flat. Okay, so you're like, okay, cool. You know. All right, Max. Like whatever, you know, not not a lot of move in the rate market. So you know, why why should why are you excited? Why why like you know what's all this talk about? You know, real rates, big moves in the real rate market. Oh, that's what I'm about to show you. So the five year today, five year today went from spot negative spot eight uh one point eight zero to negative spot one point eight eight, down five basis points. I'm sorry, eight basis points. I can't do math. We go to the seven year from negative one spot one six to negative spot one one spot two one. Down five basis points. Then you go to the 10-year. Actually down more than the seven-year. Down uh, seven basis points. Negative spot eight one and negative spot eight eight. Then you go look at the 20-year. Negative spot two seven, negative spot three two. Then you go look at the 30-year. We were flat at zero. Then you went to negative spot oh five. Every single real interest rate went lower today. And you're just like, why did that happen? Like, what was the big news in the market today? Well, I'll tell you what, the national eviction ban, there's a ruling in the circuit court, uh, DC circuit court saying there that like this, uh, you know, COVID eviction moratorium, CDC's eviction moratorium is gone. It's not, it's not existing anymore. You know, um, all these people who are getting, you know, rent protection from the government, not going to get it. They're not going to get bailed out for the government anymore. You got to start paying your rent. And I'm just reading this off of CNBC now, so it may not be legit, <laughs> but it says, some one in five renters across the U.S. are struggling to keep up with their payments. States are scrambling to disperse uh, more than forty-five billion in rental assistance. And the whole thing is, is like, look, are you going to just keep keep extending, you know, this moratorium for, uh, you know, keep keep uh, governments going to keep uh, and, like you know letting people just not pay their rent? And who's going to get screwed? The landlords. The landlords. You know, they got to they got to maintain these houses or, or these apartments or whatever they're renting out. It's like they are the people who are hurting. Okay. And the government's just insuring it, but once these people start can't pay it, and they, they, they should be getting evicted. And that's why you've seen prices in housing, prices for rents, just skyrocket because the government's just insuring insuring these rents. And so the landlords are gonna have to charge more. And now that a lot of people can't pay it and are gonna have to start getting evicted, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. Like they extended the moratorium when Biden got elected, I think in February. Uh, extend it later through June. No, 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 not anymore. Um, so in like basically, you know, this whole, uh, eviction moratorium, you know, why this is so important. I'm reading here, a study estimates that there are 1.55 fewer evictions filed during 2020 that'd be expected. So basically, and it goes, yeah, like no crap. It's had a huge benefit, but who get you know the me me and you the people who are who 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 can't pay their rent we benefit but the landlord doesn't how is this landlord supposed to maintain his apartment 
You know, how's he supposed to get money to make sure everything, you know, the quality is great, okay? Uh, how is he supposed to, how's he supposed to eat? You know, if I don't have a place to stay, I'm screwed. But, you know, it's a, even a, it's a big problem if, you know, this guy who owns a property can't get money from his tenants, okay? So, that contributes to higher prices for rent, for homes. And now that this is going away... That's some deflationary pressures. That is not inflationary. And I don't want to say de- deflationary because if that if rent starts to go down, but you know food prices are skyrocketing, disinflation, not deflation. But I mean, man, I saw this news and I was like, "Oh my gosh. That is that is big. That is a big news. A big news. And you know, this this ruling, you know, people say it's like it's only in D.C., the D.C. court. And, you know, people have been trying to get rid of this uh, CDC's moratorium. But it's pretty big news. It's a pretty big ruling. And, you know, the White House is even talking about it. Um, so one thing that I want to say in regards to that is that is why you're seeing these real rates fall so much, okay? You know, that is not an inflationary pressure. That That's actually... Um, something that I've been waiting to happen because, you know, they've just been kicking the can, you know, Biden extending this, uh, eviction ban. It's like, okay, okay. You're just kicking the can down the road. What's going to happen in June when people start getting evicted? Prices fall. So that is why real rates are going down. And that is why, uh, that is another reason to be bullish on gold. That is a whole other reason to be bullish on CLT you know, treasury bonds, you know, that is a threat to the market. That's a threat to the house of the health of the market. Okay. You know, if you, I'm going to go look at, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place right now, but you know, you want to go look at the mortgage, the mortgage market, you know, the mortgage week, weekly mortgage applications coming out, you know, down not uh, 0.9% week over week mortgage purchase index at 274.5. Last week we were at uh 281.4 mortgage market index. We were at 700.4. Now we're at 706.4. You know, refi is actually up this week. Um, mortgage refinance index up from 3,188.7, up from 3,185.3. But the purchase index is down. Mortgage applications are down. Mortgage market index is down. And you know, the mortgage rate's up one basis point. You know, I don't think that really had an impact. I'm telling you, from January, you've seen a massive, massive slowdown in mortgage applications and refinances and the whole mortgage market index. It will go, okay, Max. Okay, Max. Well, look at February. Look how look how high uh, mortgage rates started to rise. Then look how high interest rates started to rise. Okay, look at March and April. They've come down, settled down quite a bit. You haven't seen an uptick in mortgages. Housing market slowing. That's what I conclude from this. And this national eviction ban being lifted. I mean, I think it's not a bad thing. It's the free market needs to correct itself. You know, people are like. Uh, do you can't evict all these people. You can't evict all these people. It's going to cause massive problems. Like, right. But the landlords need to make ends meet too. And they can't if these people are not paying rent. So that's my little rant on, on the whole national eviction ban being lit. It's not even a rant. It's a, it's a celebration. It's what we've been waiting to happen. Um, and people think that that's not going to affect the market. You know, I don't see enough people on the news talking about that. Okay. It's a pretty, pretty big deal. And, and, and the yield curve shows you that it's a decently big deal, especially the real rates. You know, that is, that calms inflation. That actually calms inflation. And to talk about inflation, I'm just going to go, I don't want to even give Yellen, I don't want to give Janet Yellen 
three, four minutes of my podcast. I'm going to give her a minute because she just is uh, uh, the worst. The worst Janet Yellen she is, um, in my opinion. You know, I know, I know, I know a lot of people who do like her, but uh, the girl, the woman, uh, comes out on some interview with the Atlantic and goes, "We might have to raise rates because the housing, not not because, because the market's too hot. You know, the financial conditions are too hot." And after every, every she is all over the news yesterday. I didn't give it any attention at time of day because right before that, I came out with the podcast. I read this thing that Yellen walked it back her comments. And she walked back her comments and she's like, well, you know, I don't think we'll have to raise rates anytime. We won't be raising rates for anytime soon, blah, blah, blah. And so there's two things I want to say about that. First things first is, you know, she's full of BS. It's like she sees everyone's freaking out, freaking out when Yellen's like, we're going to raise rates. Everyone's freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. And, and then she walked back her comments. So that's like, you have no credibility, woman. You have no credibility for after doing that. Number two um, is... You are the Treasury Secretary. You are not the Federal Reserve Chair. They're supposed to be two separate entities. You know, and, and, and I get this from Peter Schiff. It's, you know, Treasury Secretary and the Fed should not be working together. But when you know they're working together, the Fed's objective is not stable prices and unemployment. You know what it is? It's to monetize debt so we don't default. That's literally what it should be. And... The, they're two separate entities. Treasury is the Treasury the Secretary. Secretary of the Treasury, you're in charge of the Treasury. And the Fed, you're in charge of, you know, central banking. And they should not be, they, they're two separate. The Federal Reserve is not even a government entity. But the fact that Mnuchin last year and Powell working together, it's like, that, that, that is too, too much government power, in my opinion. That's my rant. But... To, so then everyone's like, okay, we're, the Fed's in the taper. I see Leon Cooperman today saying, you know, the Fed is way too accommodative. This is BS, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, I completely agree 100%. What happens if the Fed's not accommodative? The whole economy collapses, which, you know, which it, it should, it needs to happen. You know, you, and I'm saying, like, like it's just inevitable because all these prices are fake because the Fed's printing money out of thin air to boost everything. And so I see this on CNBC, this article, and it goes, and it's, from, you know, Federal Reserve Vice Chairman Richard Clarida, if you guys don't know who that is, Federal Reserve Vice Chairman, he goes, Fed is a long way from our goals in tightening policy. And... What have I been saying? People go, the Fed at the June meeting is going to talk about it tapering. It's like, no, they are not. Did we watch two separate separate uh, Fed meetings the other day? It's like Powell said, we are not going to taper until we have full employment and we've reached our in- inflation target of sustained inflation above 2%, uh, averaging above 2%. So it's like, okay, well... You got this eviction ban being lifted. Yeah, you're not going to see inflation well above averaging above two percent. I think um, for a decent amount of time, you know, if you if you get this eviction eviction ban, uh, you know, that no one challenges it. You know, Biden and, and no no government official tries to reinstate it. Um, with that gone, you know, that's kind of a deflationary pressure, guys. Um, and you know, the fact that the real rates on the thirty year. Uh, 30 year real rates actually fell five basis points. That goes to show you, you know, the 10 year fell seven basis points. You know, that's more than the seven, uh, 10 year fell more than seven year did. Um, and the five year fell the most obviously, but that's interesting to me. That is freaking fascinating. And he goes, we are a long way from tightening policy and a long way from our goals. You know, they still see the, the cracks in the economy. Like if you don't think you're going to see Matt, if you didn't think you're going to see massive inflation last year, it's like, 
buddy, what are you thinking? Okay, obviously there's going to be inflation. So, I guess that's, I mean, that's really all I need to say with Fed Clarida. It's like, that, like, that, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, if you watch Powell talk, he said we're not tapering until we get full employment and until we get, uh, you know, it's the same inflation. People go, okay, well, the Fed, the central bank, a bunch of liars. And uh, I'm the first one to tell you that. But from what I see, I, I kind of think they're right. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm falling for the Kool-Aid. But uh, I guess that t- brings me to my no- next point, which is U.S. births dropped to the lowest level since the 70s. Births fell for six years in a row to 3.6 million in 2020. Um, and, you know, I'm not here to talk about Bill Gates, talk about depopulation, any of that crap. What I'm here to say is, you know, demographics, you know, that's a political issue. Uh, well, sorry, not a political, not a political, sorry, not a political issue, an economic issue. If, you know, what is the economy built off of? Consumption. You know, how do you grow? Consumption. Well, if you have less mouths on the earth, you're going to have less consumption equals less economic growth, slower economic growth, not no big booms. So that's a that's a problem going forward for the economy you know that that's not inflationary that is deflationary you know the whole shift of technology deflationary well and i say deflate it is deflationary but i mean i think what we really see is disinflation and you know crazy inflation in certain parts of the market and you know crazy deflation in certain other parts of the market you know that that is uh that 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 goes back to the fed needing to be they're a long way from their goals and a long way from tightening policy so anyway, anyway, I mean, I think today's news is pretty great, pretty crazy. Um, so I'm going to go into some of the economic news now, I guess. Uh, so basically, all I'm trying to say here is this eviction ban, man, that is, that is some big boy news. Um, big girl news if you're a chick, but, you know, some freaking big, big boy news. Um, and it's going to definitely have an impact on the market. You know, I was a net buyer, again, of, you know, short real estate. Is this thing, this SRS fund has just gotten destroyed, kicked in the can, and, uh, you know, it was up 3% today. Um, but I think people are really failing to see how much of an impact this uh, national eviction ban, the federal judge overturning it. Uh, you know, it's landlords can't afford to continue house, housing people for free, okay? They need to make money. And when they start evicting people, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to start dropping prices, okay? So... Be prepared. Be prepared. Um, looking at, at the economic data. So we had a uh, non-fram payrolls number today. And, you know, it missed estimates. Okay, estimates were 800,000. We only had 742,000 jobs added and for not, on the non-fram employment change. But the last reading was 565K. We're at 742K. That's a gain of about 180. So, look, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to act like there's been a massive slow slowdown in employment because there hasn't. The forecasts were just too high. You know, we did gain about 200, almost 200,000 jobs, okay? So I don't want to, like, crap on the economy because of that because the number is not bad, okay? It beat the previous number by a lot. So the whole thing what I'll be looking for tomorrow is what the jobless claims are, okay? Because if you see a spike in jobless claims, then you should be worried and you're like, okay, this em- that's why the employment number is off, okay? But, eh. A step aside, not not really an issue. That's a good number, okay? Congrats, U.S. economy. You're somewhat improving. BS. It's freaking base effects. Like, <clears throat> I think last May, you're the highest, like, 
unemployment number ever, okay? I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Uh, that's a quote. But looking at the ISM, uh, non-manufacturing business activity, it's like, you're above 60, okay? So you're showing economic growth, right? Above uh, Reading above 60 is a great reading. But when the previous reading was a 69.4 and you dropped to a 62.7, Forecasting a, uh, a gain of 60, uh, not a gain, uh, yes, forecasting a gain of one point to 69.5, that is no bueno, you know, no, the growth is slowing, growth slowing a bit from expectations and previous readings, but I thought we were going to have the greatest economic boom of all time, guys, no, no duh, no duh, don't, so anyway, let me go to ISM, non, uh, Non-manufacturing uh, non employment, that was higher, 58.8 versus 57.2. Congrats, that's good. But you go to ISM non-manufacturing PMI, you know, lower than the forecast and lower than the previous reading. We, we, uh, we're at a 62.7, so growth. You know, good good number, above 60, we'd like to see it. But forecast was 64.3, we're at 62.7. The last reading was 63.7. So what does that show me? You know, Economy is strong, sure, 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 but it's not growing. It's getting a little shrinking a bit. We were peaking. It's Stephen Van Meter. I mean, Stephen Van Meter. I was like, he goes, yeah, we're peaking on all these inflation numbers and stuff right now. I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, buddy, but some of the data is kind of starting to show it. Some of it is. So that's interesting to me. Very, very interesting to me. And going in and looking at these uh, PMI numbers from the Eurozone, um, I mean, most of them, honestly, were, were, uh, eh, they were meh. So, like, we'll get into Italian services, PMI. You know, these service industries in, in Europe are, are, are not doing too hot. And if you go look at the Eurozone, Eurozone services, uh, PMI for April, uh, was 50.5, you know, last reading 49.6. Okay, so we saw growth, we saw growth there. But then if you go look at Germans, so, like, so you go look at the Eurozone, okay, that number's nice, um, and if you go look at PP, yeah, okay, sorry, I'm not even get to get into that one yet, but and my computer, okay. So if you go look at French manufacturing, I'm sorry, French services PMI, you're at fifty point three versus last reading at forty eight point two, so nice rebound in France. But you go look at Germany, like probably the most, I would say, the most powerful economy in Europe. Last reading on services PMI fifty one point five, you get a forty nine point nine reading, huh? Not even at 60, you know, 50 is not bad. 49, contraction, contraction, no growth, even lower from last year. Missing estimates, estimates are 50.1, you're at a 49.9. German composite PMI, last reading was 57.3, you're at a 55.8 now. Forecast was 56.0. No good numbers here. Those are not bueno. I don't want, you don't want to see that. Italian composite PMI, last reading 51.9. Actual reading now, 51.2, you know, uh, no bueno numbers. You know, then you go look at the market composite PMI for April out of the Eurozone. Last reading 53.2, you're at 53.8. So I guess congrats to the Eurozone. But I like to watch the German economy. I like to watch the French economy. French economy is growing. German economy is not. And then you go look at the Italians. You know, the Italians kind of be slacking. Uh, they got a lot of problems with Italy, Spain. But uh, their economies are just, you know, if you look at their service PMI for Italy, like I just said, down 
last reading 48.6 here to 47.3 here. So interesting. But if you go look at the Spanish economy, um, services PMI up 54.6 versus a reading of 48.4, 48.1. I mean, people might be like, okay, we're going to be getting some uh, growth here in the summer if the EU allows people to come in if they've been vaccinated. So that's what I'm watching. Interesting things there. Um, and let's see. Yeah, Indian UK services PMI last reading is fifty four point six, and this I said India, uh, actual reading fifty four point oh. The forecast was fifty one point one, and that was probably because of you know the pandemic. You know, India is struggling right now with that. Um, it's still lower, but not as low as the forecast. So technically, it's a it's a beat, it's a win, but I mean that number skewed is going to go a lot lower. I mean I truly think so. And then last thing I want to talk about. Uh, U.S. services PMI, like people are traveling again, so what do you expect? It's going to have a nice reading, 64.7 versus a previous reading of 60.4. I mean, last year, just getting the worst readings ever. So that's interesting, good to see. Um, but if you look at the manufacturing numbers, you know, slowdown in manufacturing. Um, you know, ISM, sorry, ISM non-manufacturing business activity. And then looking at crude inventories, they actually went down uh, 7.9 million versus... Uh, a forecast of being down 2.3 mil. So that's a great sign. You know, inventory shrinking, shrinking here in the U.S. That's going to be nice for oil. So that's something I want to point out. You know, I don't want to give negative news all the time. Um, so I guess to recap that, you know, a little mac macro re recap is real rates going lower. Inflation's overhyped. TLT, long gold, get out of stocks. You know, why are real rates going lower? Because no one wants to borrow with these rates. They... They're rejecting the high rates, okay? So you need lower rates to incentivize borrowing. You know, what does that show you? No growth, economic contraction, people nervous. All right, I mean, I guess I could just, I guess I say that every single podcast. So I'm just going to exit my tabs here. And last thing I want to talk about goes back to my, my, my man, uh, <laughs> Bill Huang, okay? Um, apparently, um, so I'm reading here. The other day, we learned that Credit Suisse, which was left... I mean, Zero Hedge is a great website. You just got to go to Zero Hedge. Some of the stuff I get here, um, I talk about on the podcast. I'm just going off of the Zero Hedge website. But today, we learned that Credit Suisse, which was on the hook for $5 billion after dumping blocks of stocks owned by its prime brokerage on behalf of Archegos, earned $17 million in fees from its relationship in Archegos. $17 million. Like, it's crazy. The seventeen point five million in revenue and five billion in losses revealing that the fund was 300 times le 300 time leverage time bomb for credit swiss so that's crazy crazy now hours after U ubs ceo ralph hammers and chairman axel weber launched an apology tour to investors after revealing a surprise loss to archegos it's like Huh, what was I saying? Who else is affected? UBS. No one, you know, like I saw the guy on CNBC and he goes, oh, like you made a mistake. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, you didn't know about it. BS, my man. You're the CEO. It's like, if you want to know about it, you'll know. If you don't want to know, you won't know until it happens, until you make a mistake, until you get screwed. It's like, what? Um, and so now like this whole thing is just talking about, you know, there's been about $10 billion in losses between Credit Suisse, Nomura, Morgan Stanley, UBS, Mizuho, and MUFG out of uh, Japan. And so basically, it's like there's going to be a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of lawsuits. And But really, what it's going to come down to is, you know, what was in those loans and those swap agreements between 
you know, Archegos and these prime brokerages. It's like, that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the Archegos saga does not end. It does not end. Um, and so the banks are just trying to get as money, as much money back as they possibly can because Archegos filed for bankruptcy, uh, right now, just now as the banks are trying to, you know, gain, you know, get some back, back some of the money that they had, uh, running this prime brokerage with Archegos. So the story never fails to disappoint me and it's just straight up fascinating. Um, and so let's get into the market news now. And so the Dow Jones, I mean, honestly, di- didn't really have too much news. Um, two, two big moves on the day, but if you look at all these things, uh, well, actually, I guess, okay, the Dow peaked out around two, three o'clock, um, that's Eastern time, but it, it, it never got higher from when I saw this, you know, federal eviction ban was announced and same with the S and P 500. You know, if you look at the S and P 500 sold off pretty decently the last hour here. Okay. And I was watching that stuff live and I was like, Oh my gosh. People are actually dumping stocks, which was quite fascinating to me. And if you looked at gold, GLD, when we were at GLD up 41 bips and it traded higher throughout the day. And what happened throughout the day? TLT traded higher because people were realizing, oh, crap. Oh, crap. The the national eviction ban's gone. What does that mean? It means rates are going to go lower. Okay. Why does it mean rates are going to go lower? Because that is not inflationary. That is not going to help growth. That's going to slow growth. That's going to discourage, you know, people are not going to want to pay high rates to borrow. They're going to want to pay lower rates. Okay? Makes sense. All right. Well, I just realized that uh, the whole, my whole, uh, like, I was halfway through my stocks and it, like, cut out. But I figured, like, right when I was talking about gold or something, (laughs) it stopped recording. And I really don't know why. And whatever you know i can't complain i can just talk rant for another little bit here but i was going i was going ham and i see that this thing's not recording so all i want to say is look yields are going lower going to be great for gold people low growth is coming sorry growth is slowing so these tech stocks are going to run out of steam makes sense why the nasdaq's in the red and i was talking about the xlk last you know when i was ranting on this podcast like before it shut off so xlk down 24 bips you know, compare that to the big banks, big banks up 82 bips. That makes no sense to me why the big banks are up today. You know, if you look at, you know, the whole chart uh, on TLT, TLT traded higher. You know, TLT opened up at, uh, sorry, hit the low on the day at around 10 o'clock, 138.92. We closed at 138.69, okay? Gained 16 bips on the day, but TLT was trading higher with XLF, you know, with the banks people buying the banks as yields go lower that don't make sense so clearly maybe i don't know what the heck i'm talking about but you shouldn't expect that banks will go lower tomorrow for sure um i want to talk about the vix because i was going ham on the vix but this thing wasn't recording so the vix today was volatile as heck we're down like seven percent at one point of the day so we're low of once uh sorry 1789 we closed in 1915 the high was 1958 what am i going to say next yeah, exactly. When you get above $20, we're going right to 30 And, you know, the market tried to trade high today. It tried to, you know, fight off this bad ISM, these bad ISM readings. These uh, slow, you know, I say they're bad numbers from Indi- uh, the Eurozone, but other people can argue otherwise. I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to say that, you know, missing employ- AD, the payroll expectations 
um, was bad because, you know, it gained 200,000, um, about, it was about 180,000, uh, more jobs, uh, I think it was in the past month, uh, let me see, oh, I closed my tab, whatever, the whole thing is, is like, that, that, that's not really, the ADP number was not terrible, okay, it, it was actually kind of good, I would say, but just missed expectations, but expectations could be high, well, you really gotta pay attention to his jobless numbers tomorrow, Okay, the jobless number jumps quite a bit. Yeah, the economy is slowing down, and transitory is the right word. Um, and clearly, you know, the the Dow, the Dow was actually traded closed higher than it opened, but not the S and P, not the Nasdaq, not the Russell. What does that show? Weakness. Market is running out of steam. They're trying to fight off these numbers, but they just strictly can't. I mean, I was watching the trading when people were selling at, at around three o'clock, and it's like. The volume is only nineteen mil. That the volume is the volume is pretty pretty freaking low compared to you know on average what it should be. That's not a good sign. So anyway, GDX cranking today, rallying as the market was selling off. I love to see that. You love to see that, and it makes sense. Growth is slowing down. Real rates are dropping. Dollar is weak. People want gold. They don't want they don't want stocks. Okay. USO down forty seven bips. Um, Tesla down 39 basis points. And I mean, makes sense. I mean, I'm going to talk about this. I, I know the kid's not listening because I know Sammy doesn't listen to this podcast. But my, my friend Matt sent me a text and it's like my friend Sammy's like, bro, bro, should I buy more Tesla stock today? It's under 700 bucks. And I was just like, bro, this kid Sammy, he just needs to buy gold, man. But you know, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not recommending or selling investments. Man, this kid, I was like, he needs gold. He does not need Tesla. He should buy Tesla under three fifty. That may even be high. But uh, nah, I love the, I love Sammy, and I'm just teasing him on the podcast. But uh, you don't want to be. I would not be buying Tesla right now. <laughs> I would not be buying Tesla. You know, and it makes some the S and P was even in the green. Tesla was not in the green because it's a growth name. Interest rates collapse, growth slows. How is Tesla going to grow? Okay, energy XLE up three point two three percent. Want to give a shout out? Well, a shout out to a guy who I think is a little whack, but he makes some crazy calls, and you know, mostly they usually pay off. Uh, Tom Lee, and uh, he said, and I, I agree with him on this call. I I actually one hundred percent agree with him. He goes, anything in the energy complex is a buy. He straight up said that. I was like, oh my gosh, bullish is all get out, but he's one hundred percent right. Dollars going to sh- uh, going to poop, and. Uh, gonna be great for the energy stocks okay gonna be great for that whole sector uh great for oil but you know i think i think maybe you've come a little too far too fast over the past month and in regards to all commodities <coughs> but i mean we're here for the long run who cares right um but yeah i mean xle up 3.23 percent today you saw those inventory numbers a lot lower so that makes sense um mj Flat on the day, literally flat, no gain, no loss, 0%. Opened at 2086, closed at 2086. Corn, wheat, and soybeans. Corn at 22 bucks. That's freaking insane. I got out way too early, but I don't care because uh, I'll get into J.O. in a minute. Uh, soybeans up 73 basis points and wheat up 2.13%. Corn up 2.47%. Dollars going to crap. India's locking down. Bullish is all good out for agriculture stocks. Okay, I mean these things have had insane runs. So if they take a little breather here, I mean just get in, buy more. But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy the the gains are seeing in here. And I mean, 
like that is inflation like but but like how, how could you not have expected this a year ago from now when there was crazy deflation prices collapsed like you don't think that prices are going to rebound when the government prints tons of money it's like give me a break it's like duh but uh yeah i'd love to see these stock you gotta love to see these agriculture names like if you don't if you're not holding agriculture if you're not if you haven't been on this, then what have you been doing? I mean, I put a big agriculture trade in for the Max Horse Inflation Fund in December. And I haven't even touched it since. Like, I, every quarter, I'm like, I'm going to reevaluate the inflation fund. But there's been no need to. I sh- <laughs> there's been no need to. So, anyway. Silver, flat on the day. Uh, we opened, we, we like, we, it was, you know, in the red for most of the day. But we actually finished flat. Literally opened at 2457. Uh, well, sorry, we opened at 2450. Closed at 2457. Um, flat on the day, and uh, yeah, you know, fighting to go in the positive because real rates lower, real rates lower, dollars kind of weak. Go look at gold, uh, GLD traded significantly higher throughout the day. I want to see the price of gold, is it really 1800 yet? Because once gold breaks 1800, we're going to all time highs. Um, let's see, gold 1786.60. We break 1800, 2100's next, baby. Buckle up, get ready. Um, so get ready. I, I mean, you can't be bullishes. I'll get out on gold. Bullishes. I'll get out on silver. Get ready. It's coming. It's coming. The feast day, man. Can't freaking wait. Um, pave infrastructure index up 45 bips. What do you freaking do? Arc FinTech, you know, makes sense. High growth bank financial names down 80 basis points. Shut up computer. Um, makes sense. I would expect to see that. Okay. You know, high growth tech. And financials. Rates going lower. Real rates falling a lot. No bueno for ARC. Especially ARC FinTech. Um, mo, 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 mo. Copper up 3.8%. I know lumber was up another 4% today. Just nah, never never failing to die down. I do think, though, if you see this uh, national eviction ban come into play. And you start to see some deflationary, disinflationary pressures. Copper and lumber will take a breather. Which will be great. Because then we can go in and buy more. Because what's going to happen when you start to see this, you know, this disinflation, deflationary pressures, the Fed's going to be forced to, you know, do more QE, come in and save the day. Fed's going to be, you know, the government's going to be forced to actually reverse this and, you know, do, uh, extend this ban and reinstate the eviction ban, okay? Because the government, you know, always is, you know, the government supports the people. The people, (laughs) the people do not support the government. It shouldn't be the other way around. And that's not even a political statement. It's like, that's not the government's job. That is not the government's job. It's just to provide peace and security. Okay? They shouldn't be involved in our affairs economically. And that's my opinion. But, geez. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this copper price is out of control. It's like, you want to make electric vehicles affordable? Yeah, lower the copper price. Okay. Riot blockchain down 2.53%. We hit thirty six bucks, did not hit thirty five. I mean, I'm out of I'm out of Bitcoin. I'm out of blockchain. Well, for now at least, and I won't be entering the market for a good. Oh, nice Dogecoin's. I uh, that's not, I thought it was at sixty nine. Um, yeah, down two point five three percent. No, Bitcoin is actually up six point nine percent on the day. Most of the move was made uh, before the open. So excuse me there, but um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it. But if you want to buy, my rule is always buy right under thirty five. Because, I mean, let's face it, uh, Riot, if Bit, I mean, I think Bitcoin's going to $35, if Bitcoin, uh, 35K, if Bitcoin goes 35K, you can get Riot at around $20, but 
I mean, if, if, if you think Bitcoin's going to 100K you know, ASAP, then uh, I guess Riot under 35 is a nice buy. But I'm, I'm holding off on Riot for a while. Um, and that's just me. J.O., the freaking beast, up 6.61% today. I mean, I think yesterday I was saying this thing's getting ready to pop off. I mean, it's been lagging behind everything. All these, sorry about that. That was a loud one. <laughs> behind all these uh, agricultural commodities. Uh, we went, The move was from 41.12 to... Uh, 4285. You gotta love that. You gotta love that. Um, yeah, I've been holding the bag on JO, and uh, you know, honestly, and yeah, I'm not gonna, uh, I, yeah, if we we're the next, oh crap, we we broke out 4185. Yeah, we, we're going a lot higher on the uh, JO chart, this coffee chart. So, you gotta love to see it, but the fact that all these agriculture, all these commodities are uh, exploding off the real rates going lower, and you know, gold and silver been kind of held down, they're about to take off. Get ready. The market has some serious fundamental issues going on with it right now. So look at the, just look at the movement in ag- all these agriculture commodities over the past month. Enough said. Dollar is worthless. Dollar is worthless. There's a massive move about to come and happen in this equity market. I'm telling you, that eviction ban, crazy move. This a real rate move today, crazy around the whole yield curve. Not just the five-year and seven-year like we've been seeing. The 30-year fell five basis points. The 10-year fell seven basis points. You know, seven years almost back to you know where it was trading at. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year. So just interesting moves there. GameStop down 78 bips. You know, not even worth talking about. Um, it's kind of coming irrelevant. The fact that, you know, this GameStop friendly frenzy is dying out of steam, you know, retail invest. I sound like CNBC, but it's going to, it's kind of true. Retail investors getting bored because stocks aren't popping off all the time. What happens when stonks don't go up anymore? Well, then people get scared. You know, what happened when GameStop had its original squeeze and it went back down to 43 bucks? People don't hold the bag because people are not rational. Okay, people are rational, and you know that's when big money is really gonna have its day. Okay, and I'm not big money, but I'm saying you got to think how big money works. AMC is up mm, down two point three four percent. Cool. Uh, emerging markets uh, up forty seven bips. I mean, the emerging markets there honestly was not a lot of movement in the dollar today, so that's why emerging markets were you know up decently. But as you start to see these real rates come down, it's going to start to have negative impacts on the emerging markets. So just beware of that. But like, as I've been saying, emerging markets peaked out in February. Okay, guys, you know, little leading indicator for the stock market. LQD up 12 basis points. Um, The trading today, we hit a low of like 131.18. We close at 131.45. Same thing. Just look at TLT. The chart pretty much mirrors it. I yield bonds up 20 basis points today. Um, you know, if people, I, it's pretty interesting because people have been saying bonds are worthless, only, you know, only buy stocks. Well, if people are starting to see threats to the stock market, they start turning to bonds. I don't know. We'll see that. I mean, I know they're going to turn to treasuries. I don't know about high yield and corporates. So I'll be waiting to see that, what goes on. NASDAQ down 37 basis points. I mean, makes sense. Real yields collapsing, real growth collapsing. Well, I don't want to say collapsing, but I would say it's a pretty decent move. These NASDAQ names need hot, need a lot of growth to continue their moves, and they're not getting it. They're running out of it, so it makes sense. Um, Russell 2K down 31 basis points. Interesting there. Um, crap, I just got lost my page. Um, yeah, I mean, the Russell 2K peaked out in March, okay? Mom and pop, they're struggling, okay? The economy's starting to slow a bit. 
Makes sense why the Russell's down a bit, okay? Mom and Pop on Main Street, they can't make it. That's an issue. I mean, you look at, like, there's a big sell-off around. Let's say sell-off. Big move in the Russell. Big move in the S&P. Big move in the NASDAQ. 233-ish, you know. 230-slash-3-ish, you know. The market is not is just struggling to chunk higher. These these numbers that are coming out of the, of the data, uh, out of economic data, just not, not that great, okay? You're starting to see a slowdown. Little transitory build. Stimulus starts to fade. Talks of tapers start to come up. No growth. Because it's all funny money that's creating growth. There's been no actual growth in the economy. It's fake. It's fake. Have we been more productive since we were last year? No. Have we been more productive since pre-pandemic? No. Because we've all been stuck at home. Duh. Common sense. Okay. Um, sorry, uh, silver up 30, silver miners up 30 bips up on the day. Love to see it. Um, 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 what's next? Yeah, I already talked about regional banks. Uranium up 3.96%. After hours up 1.08%. Real yields down. Commodities through the roof. And, you know, not really much moving the dollar. Um, so let's get into Bill Huang, Viacom down 2.16%, Baidu down 2.18%, JD.com down 71 bips, Discovery up 38 bips, VIP Shop up 1.31%, IQIY down 2.74%, and GSX TechDo, my personal favorite, was uh, down 4.55%. So kind of how to wrap up this podcast is beware, beware. You heard it here. Growth is slowing, I truly believe. Um, you know, inflation, you know, if you... If, Inflation is it's disinflation, okay? So it's somewhat transitory. But when you get this national eviction ban being lifted, people start to get, ele- get evicted. That's deflationary pressures, okay? I.e. rates go lower, okay? I.e. gold goes higher. I.e. no taper, okay? And people will be like, oh, well, that's great. Stocks are going to keep going higher. But... We're, we're, we have this tolerance to this QE. We've been injecting hero, monetary heroin for the past year of 120 bill. Okay? We need more heroin to get high. And we need more heroin. We need more QE to monetize debt. Because the government is always going to you know bail us out. So that's why you see Clarida today coming out and saying, you know, we are not tapering. Okay? We are not tapering anytime soon. That's why you see Yellen walking your, like, you know, her uh, comments back about raising rates because I truly don't think it's going to happen for a year or two unless you see crazy inflation, which the commodities are showing you. But this whole eviction ban, man, I think that's, uh, that really cancels out these inflationary pe- pressures that you're starting to see. And uh, and the market is just in an ugly place, guys. It's in an ugly place. And I've been saying this for a while, but uh, get ready. Get ready. The moves are about to start get start to get real, real interesting. I mean, those real rate moves, man. Those real rate moves. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Let's have some tacos.